Hello, welcome to Drop a Line. My name is Perita. And I'm Edwina. How's it going? It's going well. Mm, I'm feeling rather pumped and I feel like I'm doing okay. Genuinely doing okay. That's good to hear. I guess in light of our last episode, it's nice when we can be genuine about how we're feeling. <laughs> what makes you feel pumped? Um, I recently went to a conference in Utrecht. Um, it was a small group meeting by the European Association of Social Psychology. And the theme was on gender inequality issues and how to solve them and just like picking apart different elements of it. And I feel like I've really met my community of researchers. Like if I stay in academia and continue to do research, and I think this would be my niche. Um, so that that makes me hopeful and excited. And I always really like going to these kinds of conferences and meetups with different people who do related diversity and inclusion things because it really makes me feel like I'm contributing to something bigger than just my own little project. That's pretty cool. That's exciting. That sounds like a very meaningful conference. You mentioned, you know, convening with people. Uh, and so to sort of transition from that, you know, meetings can be anywhere from huge gatherings of hundreds of people to to perhaps two or three or four, but sometimes two, which is generally what sometimes in some contexts can be considered dating. <laughs> that was a kind of a stretch. But our topic for today. <laughs> that was really smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But yeah, that's our topic for today. Um, it had been requested by one of our listeners, um, and we thank him for you know requesting that subject matter. I'm sure it might echo some of the sentiments of you know some of some of our other listeners. So uh, we're we're grateful to have submissions of you know what what you listeners are interested in hearing about. Yeah, uh, when we when he posted that request, there was quite some reception from other listeners in the community, and it made us also want to take that request and turn it back onto the community to see if this really does resonate um, to other people, because a lot of people who listen to our episodes are in fact Asian Caribbean people that um, were in our community and we wanted to see if this was also relevant for them. So what we did is we put up a prompt on social media uh, and it was it said what would you have asked of your parents growing up to make dating easier and we requested for our listeners to respond to us so we thought we would just pull a response that we got um, and kind of unpack from there. Um, so Edwina, did you have the quote on you? Yeah, so thank you very much, first of all, for this person's contribution. We really like that we have some feedback and we really hope in the future that we get a lot of more other feedback from different people when we're prompting because it just makes it so much more exciting and it feels like we are really delving into like some social issues that you guys are interested in and we can draw from that. So this person to the prompt, what would you have asked of your parents growing up that would make dating easier? First of all responded, I guess it would have been nice if they were more encouraging and less judgmental. Maybe it would have made talking about it at dinner much easier. And the person also says that, on the other hand, they don't blame their parents per se for how they handled, I guess, like some kind of 
hesitance for that because their parents generally did not know how to do it any better. They themselves had to live with fear and uncertainty growing up. And I guess this speaks to like how a large part of the Asian Caribbean community is very immigrant based. A lot of them are first generation immigrants. Um, so they had to navigate through that with a lot of like uncertainties and, you know, growing through that, starting a family and whatever. That's more me. That's not the person. That's my commentary. And in addition to that, this person said a bit with some more prompting on what exactly that person meant with the parents or the Asian community being different. They responded, in my opinion, the Cindy community is sexist and racist. Growing up, we all knew that Cindy community here was stricter on girls than they were on boys when it came to dating. Girls were told it was bad and were given a way harder time if they were found dating than boys by harder time in air quotes I mean that they were in trouble with their parents and their reputation in the community was tarnished the boys on the other hand would get into less trouble for dating maybe their parents were mad but they were still frowned upon in the community so since boys and girls rarely had luck dating inside their community they would have to go outside their community where it would be a little easier or just not date until you leave i guess you leave the island cindy people want their kids to marry other cindy people but when they are young they don't want them to date anyone Haha, I always believe that we should date whoever we have a connection with and race and sex should not matter. Um, So Prita, can you first of all just clue in on all our listeners what exactly are Cindy people and how that relates to Caribbean or to St. Martin specifically? Sure. So St. Martin, growing up, we had a big Cindy population. So Cindy people are kind of, I guess, a subculture of people from India something more familiar would be Punjabi. So it's something like that if you've ever heard of uh, Punjabi people. Um, They're just from a certain area in India um, and I guess follow some different subcultural norms and traditions that are kind of minutely different from the larger culture. So there is a pretty big Sindhi population. So within that quote, there was a lot to unpack. I guess me personally, I can speak mostly just from you know, I guess we're considered Asian Caribbean because we did grow up in the Caribbean. But um, with regards to dating, I can probably speak more on my uh, South Asian upbringing because I'd, um, it might, I don't know, it it might be a little bit apart from maybe Caribbean dating as a whole. So South Asians, I guess, you know, date off the premise of, you know, arranged marriage. So that's that's a concept you may have heard of. It's basically... Two people, typically a male and a female, very, very typically a male and a female, are kind of matched up based on just like basic facts about them, what their interests are, sometimes their socioeconomic status, and a little bit of astrology, I might add, just to check for compatibility. That astrology is a big basis for how people are matched. And it's almost like a bureau that's used to sort of like match people based on this information card we call a bio data um, that's exchanged between boy and girl to get married and you know there there are a lot of factors that play into it usually age is a big one so the timing of arranged marriage is also pretty important it's usually like early 20s when when talks of this arranged marriage starts happening and definitely this is more like 
it's a it's more of a tradition in India. I guess over time it has changed to the point where uh, more people in the culture opt to have a love marriage or marry based on love and based on their own time. But it is arranged marriage is still pretty widespread, and so communities that have migrated from India, so first generation immigrants like I guess our parents uh, at the time in Saint Martin, they kind of since it's what. Well, for most, for the most part, since it's what they experienced, that's kind of the culture that was relayed onto their children, um, or at least the expectation. And I think that's probably as far as the conversation went, like regarding marriage, which is, you know, arguably quite a different concept entirely from dating. But, you know, relationships were only discussed in the context of marriage. And also just kind of very briefly. So that's based on that. That's kind of what the person was referring to with regard to considerations of race and sex, the different, I guess limitations placed upon the community were based on perhaps what was experienced of our parents growing up. But then, I don't know, you have to consider that they also grew up in India for the most part, which is they they were mostly amongst people of their own culture. And uh, I guess the translation of that to a different environment in in the Western world uh, just came off as being a little misfit so yeah, that's that's kind of a base base of what um, our listener tried to explain. I think it's interesting how you mentioned that the context in which relationships are discussed are usually when it comes to marriage, but when it comes to dating, for me, as a step before marriage or like getting to know each other through dating, like that isn't as discussed. And I think this is also something that our respondent mentioned as well, that a lot of people weren't allowed to date by their parents when they were on the island. So when they could leave the island, um, and I to fill it in, I think this means when people leave to go to university, since this is really quite common in St. Martin, um, that if you want to get a higher education, you leave St. Martin. Well, not all the times, but there there is a gr- big group that does this. And then suddenly, then they have to navigate through these like waters of potentially dating. Yeah, and I also find it quite noteworthy that I think both you and the respondent have really set out like reasons for like why specifically these um, kinds of expectations for marriage or expectations for how people should comport with each other when it when it comes to like romantic relationships where they come from but at the same time when we talked about this episode our intention was never to call out specific parents or call out specific like child upbringing techniques but really talking more about like the culture in which certain things seem to be allowed or enforced because of all these like histories and like cultural backgrounds and everything um so i think it's important to mention that like we're not calling out anyone's you know specific we're not calling out specific aunties or uncles or anything we're just talking more about like generally these are the things that had happened were happening and this seems to be something that affects at least our generation of asian caribbean people when when they want to date at least or, or when they are dating and i guess it's also important to mention 
mention that I myself am not a South Asian person. I am East Asian by Chinese descent, so a lot of things here, while I can relate to on some level, they won't be like I won't have like exact commentary on that. So I think it's it's worth mentioning that to both you, Perita, and our listeners, um, that this is my position in this conversation. So yeah, basically, it's just sort of this. This episode is meant to maybe more explore the root and gain an understanding. You know, the position we've been put in. I guess millennials, um, some well Asian millennials that have. I guess, migrated from St. Martin outwards, how we're somehow a product of our home culture, whether that's India or China, but also having to adapt to westernized culture, uh, North American culture, um, European culture. And yeah, so one of the things that's that kind of stood out to me was the idea of marriage without any discussion of dating prior. You know, like marriage is sort of something, at least in South Asian cultures, that's kind of a given. Like it's a it's it's an event in life that just happens no matter what. At least it's uh, portrayed as, as that. But before that, there is no allowances for dating or Honestly, like even this sounds like heteronormative just because that's, um, I guess that's kind of, I guess a product of the culture also is like the expectation that boys will date girls and uh, women will date men. And so even a woman hanging out with a man or a boy hanging out with a girl alone, even if it's not dating in friendships, was generally something that was, that parents could be, that can't, that parents can be cautious about. And so just, I guess, growing up on St. Martin, it was pretty common for people to hang up, hang out in groups uh, and for their parents to probably know who exactly that group comprises of, what time it is, uh, where where they're going. Um, so there's, I guess, there's a sense of control just so that the parents kind of know what their children are, are doing, what they're up to, what their thoughts are. Uh, but unfortunately, um, there wasn't a lot of communication as uh, like with specific regard to, or not even like questions. At least you know, not not questions about whether someone was interested in dating or what their intentions were with uh, whenever they hung out with their friends. You know, especially with female. So when I say control, like it wasn't even with a specific referral to dating. It's like, you know, when you're young, you go to sleepovers or you, you, whenever you hang out, you know, you tell you like generally what we know from, I guess, maybe media or our experiences having grown up in different environments. We know that a child will usually, I guess, talk to their parents about like, oh, I'm going to go hang out here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. In St. Martin, I guess the experience was more restrictive. Like I remember not being able to go to sleepovers and stuff that was very um I wouldn't say taboo but I mean parents would be pretty worried um about I guess specifically females going for sleepovers at least in my case like I remember my brother would probably uh I remember him probably going to more sleepovers than I ever did so it's like little things like that that kind of like looking back now in retrospect that seems like an area of control that could be related to to dating experiences and not really wanting to address dating but just try to prevent it in some way i can totally relate with the whole sleepover thing this is this is something i think that is common at least between your upbringing and my upbringing where i think 
at least my parents were really restrictive and afraid of like bad things that could happen at slumber parties and at the same time like while things in our heritage culture might be different for my parents in Hong Kong and for your parents in India like we're getting exposed to or we were getting so much exposure to different kinds of like media depictions of what one's adolescence or what one's childhood is like when you talk about like sleepovers are a normal thing for people who are children or adolescents or teenagers and whatever like this is these are the messages that we got and for some reason like we couldn't fulfill them in our own context and i also think like what you said very early in the beginning of the episode that i think asian caribbean dating and relationship life and experiences is different from like general um like just different populations or different ethnic like subgroups in the caribbean's experiences of dating cuz yeah i don't know like i i can't mention that for for other groups but i feel like yeah typically asian caribbean parents are seen to be quite restrictive and strict in comparison to like western standards also sometimes like i mentioned before you you kind of notice a disparity in gender speaking i guess in the context of an arranged marriage whenever uh two people are matched usually a male and a female again uh the female is the one that's leaving her home to incorporate herself into the groom's family and home uh so it's actually like almost like a it's it's a whole thing like it's a literal leaving your family and now gaining a new family sounds pretty sad but i mean that's that's also something that is operated off like that's kind of an understanding that might inform a lot of the practices that our parents might have tried to enforce especially with females um kind of prepping them to be chaste and again um appropriately on St. Martin uh, it's a pretty small community you know wherever you go you're bound to see people that you know and i think that was a common fear amongst you know our generation in the community is like you know mm. if we're out unfortunately like for one part kids being kids and also uh the other part like having pressure from i guess our traditions you know we have fears of being out and perhaps someone uh seeing us especially if we are being secretive about who we're hanging out with which i mean like to an extent the control was such that we most people wouldn't be secretive about it and just would hang out in groups as it is <laughs> but um if for some reason someone chose to explore dating um or just hanging out with a person of the opposite sex them being seen by somebody was a big concern so that would usually the the pressures of that would usually lie on from what i noticed in my experiences females like specifically females being seen out and about mingling um being particularly vocal being very active in their community was seen as a little um out of place because mm-hmm. that's usually the kind of the male's role um mm-hmm. is to sort of be the social one whereas the females kind of just sort of cater to being more um muted and o- obedient i guess it sounds maybe i'm saying it in a way that sounds a little extreme this is based off of very traditional standards and there have been adaptations to western culture but this is kind of like the standard that's uh kind of translated across time so maybe obedience is a harsh word but in a way kind of just sort of being compliant uh with you know whatever their parents want trying to stay at home a little bit more not being 
too flamboyant or integrated into their community, especially with like many people of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. What I'm hearing is maybe like individual families or individual people are not like personally endorsing such extreme gender roles and I guess double standards for women and men per se or girls and boys per se. But this definitely influences like it's still alive in the community in various ways. Whereas like probably it's not as extreme like it's not the extreme case scenario, but like there's still expectations for like how girls should behave if they are to be like i don't know ideal partners for someone when they marry someone whereas like the expectations for boys might be different and as a result of that like more lax rules in their upbringing so this is not my personal experience but as you know verita like in our high school i was integrated in a group with many indian classmates and it's it's part of my childhood but it's not my experience and what i've observed is that you know a lot of the times a lot of my friends who were girls at the time they almost had an impression of like being suffocated by like who is watching when and where even with things like think like what they're wearing at that time so not even just like being with specific people whether it be with a group or one-on-one but more like just things that contribute to what a proper ladylike woman or ladylike girl is and i think our respondent also mentioned how like if girls were caught dating then they would have a way harder time if they were found out than for boys and that their reputation would be tarnished um, and they would have like a bad name for themselves and for boys on the other hand they might like get in trouble but it didn't have that same weight to it in terms of like I guess community repercussions as it did for the girl in this case and they were really talking about I guess like heterosexual relationships or heterosexual dating uh, so yeah that It, it sounds like there are some double standards that are there. And when people leave the island, then I can imagine if there's so many secrets and like everything is like really on the down low away from like parents' eyes, community eyes and whatever. It is the case that like either they do that or just they just don't date altogether. And I think when people, for those who end up leaving the island and studying and like being in a culture where dating standards or dating expectations are really, really radically different from what they're used to. Yeah, that's different and they have to handle that. It's this weird time when parents had been very encouraging of their children to be independent and leave the island and um, improve their careers and build on their careers. But at the same time, there is that control over relationships, which, as you know, they kind of just clash. You know, if, if we do gain our independence, I guess, in our world, in this world, in North America, European cultures, you know, we're bound to be faced with different dating dynamics so it's 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 strange i guess this is a lot of our interpretation of what has occurred over time because there wasn't um, a lot of open discussion between parents and children about it so the encouragement of you know especially me as a female like it was kind of a big deal for me to have left the island uh being Mm -hmm. a female you know it's something that's kind of talked about and not expected and I guess one of the reasons for that is because I will I will have gotten that independence once I leave home you know I'll be exposed to a lot of different dynamics that I might have been sheltered from before growing up on the island so 
yeah, I guess that's probably a struggle that parents might face. And I can't help but think that they probably anticipate it, you know, like whether it is secrecy, lack of communication, or just knowing that their children are probably going to be exposed to this world that was never really presented to them, or maybe was, but also just more, they have more freedom to explore it. I can't help but think that parents like our South Asian parents or East Asian parents didn't expect these dynamics to occur. I've also read a number of articles related to this topic of different groups of Asians and how they feel a particular way with dating and with all this new environment and new dynamics when it comes to dating. I can imagine, and it and it has been mentioned in a couple of sources, that if people want to start engaging in dating or start dating somewhere else, then they really find that they're not prepared to date or like they don't know what to do or like what... Like how to engage and I think what's really most important is that like because there has been so little talk about what is acceptable what is unacceptable and like what you're comfortable with versus not comfortable with in a relationship like I think people end up starting to date with very little standards for themselves and like maybe feeling like oh they should be grateful if they are going to date in the first place or if someone wants to date them altogether because they really haven't formed those standards of like what is acceptable for them as people to be treated in a certain way versus not and even though like what you said parents might suspect that new dynamics will be engaged in and whatever I think there is something habituated like from your childhood or teenagehood where you feel like you have to keep things a secret and maybe you don't have to anymore um you know it it depends person by person like when they i think some people like when they go to university then like oh they're adults and parents view that they can't control um their kids anymore because now they're adults um in a new place and they can't do anything about it um like maybe that happens but still that person might not feel super comfortable talking per se to their parents or to their family about relationships or difficulties to be able to gain like some guidance and support from them and so like it could happen that someone has a lot of struggles and challenges with dating and then they just don't know what to do with it and they just figure it out on their own or like through friends if they have that support network at hand. So I think this is an unintended consequence, of course, like I don't think anyone means for this to happen. But this is something I think that matches a lot of the realities of at least some people from St. Martin who are Asian Caribbean. Marriage is such a huge concept. Like even to me right now, like the thought of marriage, like it's such a, like in my head, it's a pretty big deal. So for dating and relationship building to not have been discussed before seems uh, a little scary Um, because even though parents are letting go of their children and not having really uh, broached the subject of dating or anything, the expectation of marriage still stands and at a certain time and at a certain age. And that's usually, you know, right after, you know, their children have, I guess in our case, gone abroad and, you know, studied for a bit, maybe in their bachelor's degree or whatever degree they're pursuing. It's like right around that time when, you know, like that expectation starts being communicated a little bit. And that's like strange, like ironically, that's just around the time where, you know, someone that has come into this 
this world of independence has just started within those few years of being abroad that's might either might be their first or first few experiences with dating because that's just sort of what you know sometimes university culture comprises of or just millennial culture or just any literally any culture at all sometimes that's just something what life comprises of (laughs) um and i think that adds probably a lot of anxieties and Mm -hmm lack of preparedness for something as huge as marriage because uh like you said like navigating through dating can be pretty complicated mm-hmm. you know, like, like also, i feel like there could be a whole class on literally like setting boundaries consent mm-hmm. communication uh, communication identifying what you want out of a relationship like and for these skills to be undervalued or viewed as something that can be learned after make, having made a huge legal commitment, mm-hmm. um, it was terrifying. <laughs> it was absolutely like uh, baffling. But yeah, I guess that's just what um, has translated in our culture and um, in, our, in our experiences presently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's really hard sometimes not to date or not to even think about dating when like you go to university and speaking from being in the Netherlands, like dating is really different um, or at least how people talk about dating is very different in the Netherlands compared to how I experienced it or how I witnessed it being talked about in St. Martin um, with my own parents, but also other people's parents who are Asian Caribbean. So that contrast, I think, is also really hard to just like stick to your guns of like not dating until like you finish your degree and whatever because you see so many people doing it and it's like super normalized and it's just really a big break even from like feeling so restricted when you were at least under the watchful eyes of others because when you're in university like no one knows you right so there is like a lot of possibilities for you know not only just independence in the way of getting financial independence but also developing your personhood and having room to explore what you want and dating is one of those things that i think was like the forbidden fruit on san martin for some people where they weren't allowed to date or it's highly restricted and now they have all these freedoms being so far away from their families yeah it happens and there's such a diverse range of challenges that can be faced like as a result of not being able to date on the island and maybe kids following that rule and kind of respecting their parents um that decision that particular decision kind of coming into their own when they leave the island there's so many dynamics that can come up like at least in the you know asian caribbean south asian caribbean culture where relationships at least in my experience were never brought up and so someone moving out and like and for example I guess in my case like moving to North America in my observance of people you come across a lot of people that have had a little bit of time to kind of explore themselves and their identity and what they like and what they want their relationship to look like in the future so even though that experience of exploring your identity and what you want can be grueling as it is from a very young age experiencing it at a time when you've given so many independences and like like freedoms and so much opportunity that's one added that can be something specifically that's very difficult to navigate because it wasn't even presented as an option before 
So now you're just having to, you know, there, I guess there's also the worry of how it may be perceived back home because you're sort of um, adjusting to two different cultures, you know, the one that you, that housed you and that, uh, that you grew up with. And then you're also adjusting to this new freedom that you've gotten in whatever, whatever environment that you've, I guess, migrated to. So, you know, that's, that's another challenge I can't even fathom. That's very difficult mm-hmm. to, to have this identity formation very, I guess, I don't know if it's late in your life, because as it is, like people do have that experience at different points in their lives. There's no specific time that someone has to have that exploration. But, you know, it's more common to see that people have had the opportunity through dating and through kind of figuring out what they like at maybe during high school. And now they're they're able to sort of live comfortably in their own skin. And they've, in some cases, perhaps they've accomplished the task of sharing themselves with their parents, like who they actually are, sharing themselves with their family and mm-hmm. they can reach to a point you know acceptance and uh, integration and just really being who they are that just starts mm-hmm. so much that can start so much later from somebody that has you know moved from St. Martin and and as you mentioned for like people who um, are part of the LGBTQI plus community like it's I think it's one thing for like heterosexual relationships to be talked about very negatively on St. Martin and for the idea that anyone could be LGBTI is like non-existent like there's literally no exposure i i mean that i had at least in in my childhood and adolescence where people talked about this where people acknowledged this and i feel like there was a lot of silencing going on so i mean i can't imagine for people who are you know maybe thinking about themselves in that way in their childhood um or when they're teenagers like how that feels like actively erased from their community actively erased from you know people that they care about and care about them like how that feels and I think still today like being part of that community is still very highly stigmatized so I think it's a little different from people who don't have to worry about these issues who are not like LGBTQI um, in different countries where they like Yes, there are challenges where they have to, you know, form their identity and figure out what they want, what they don't want, and like how they relate specifically now that they're in this host country versus in their heritage or home country, St. Martin. But I think there is like an additional layer for queer dating because of this like high stigmatization and this really close, tight-knit community in St. Martin where I don't know how it is now. Maybe it's it's progressed in some way, but there is still so much active denial and judgment and i think like not everyone feels that way personally but it's still like we mentioned before like a culture right it's like a a bit of a like a group mentality so yeah i think like this is particularly difficult i think to feel accepted or to get to a point where you feel like you can be accepted because of all these issues of authenticity that are a bit different and not talked about as much um in this martin asian community in addition to that, it comes a lot of, for both queer relationships and uh, straight relationships, for straight relationships as it is, there's already like, sometimes there's this guilt that can develop through like exploration of dating and relationships, perhaps if they haven't developed that, um, that bond to sort of or that honesty, I guess, to sort of communicate with their parents about it, or at least not even, perhaps they haven't even, uh, they don't have the freedom to uh, discuss these dynamics with their parents back 
home. And I, I think that there's a lot of guilt and shame carried with that decision. I can't imagine how heavy it must be for someone who's exploring a queer relationship um, mm-hmm. because there's less, I guess, language that's communicable between child and parent. There's a lot of, there's so much more to explain. There's so much, there's a gap in understanding and uh, perhaps acceptance. And, and that can be pretty, I guess, I guess it, it involves a lot of grief, you know, like mm-hmm. not being able to speak and seek advice from the people that you otherwise uh, have a pretty strong bond with in, mm-hmm. in some cases, you know, someone that you've been able to lean on for other aspects of your life, people that have taught you, people that have fed you, mm. um, helped you grow, yeah. not being able to talk about a very important aspect of your life and the amount of growth or struggle that came from it, that kind of makes up, I would argue, like a big part of your uh, adult personality, uh, not mm-hmm. being able to share that with, you know, the people that you care about back home. And it's it's pretty unfortunate. So again, our parents are obviously the product of their cultures and their experience and their upbringing. Um, so none of this is obviously intended to happen, this miscommunication and this, this guilt and shame, this kind of dynamic. But I guess it's just something that kind of re- results from, you know, different I guess, different times, um, varying cultures, different exposures. Yeah, so that's, that's also something that can result and be a big source of stress. And I think among our friends, in some way, we, we haven't like completely articulated all of these things, but this is known. Like a lot of the things that we discuss here, it, I don't think it's anything new or ultra new material for people or shocking news for, you know, people in our generation people who, who we grew up with in different areas of the world and I think like one of our goals in making this podcast episode um, apart from responding to our first request was to really sh- have this like I guess conversation to show that people aren't alone and feeling these kinds of difficulties and heavy feelings of not being able to be completely authentic with like folks back at home because of all these different like barriers and like baggage that have accumulated over the years it's really to give you guys listeners even if you're not from Caribbean or even if you're not Asian per se that um, these are some kinds of commonalities and you know it's recognized not just by me and um, you Perita that this is hard but this is hard like this is objectively very hard and people experience it and to know that you're not alone and I guess uh, I'm glad that we have this platform to kind of just communicate that for someone who hasn't heard it, you know, like that there is acceptance around you. There's always hope for acceptance that's kind of widespread from people that might not be near you at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad we have, you know, this this platform to be able to share that and um, hopefully be a source of comfort or a safe space for people to listen or just feel a part of a community. And we were really happy to have this kind of feedback from our listeners, both in the request and in the responses. We really hope that we get more of that because we're really interested, as we talked about earlier. Um, and it really gets us going because then it's something that we know um, is interesting for you and it is something that you want to hear. So we urge you, please, 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 we really want to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you, listeners. Um, drop us a line. Uh, let us know if we left out anything or or if you think something else needs to be mentioned, um, just for other listeners also to see and acknowledge and perhaps feel validated in. 
Yeah, for sure. And yeah, like Edwina said, we we really appreciate your feedback thus far. Going forward, this is kind of podcasts I like to think would be driven by you, the listener. We hope you feel so inclined to engage with us. Even if you just want to drop us a line, say hello, ask us how our day is going. We'll ask you how your day is going, you know, just, just engage and uh, we'll see what comes out of it. Perhaps in the next coming episodes. Thanks for listening to this episode. You'll listen to us next time. Bye. Bye.